very wonderful day that God has granted to us to come and go through His Word. Always a blessed time to read the Word of God together, and especially our Thursday Bible study. We read a lot of Scripture, a lot of it. It is good for us. It is a good practice that I pray will uh, continue, will not forsake it. Today we are in chapter 25, 28, sorry. Ambitiously, we are going to read a lot of it today, probably 28 and 29 and a little bit of 30 to get the context. Thank you. So I have um, titled this message tonight as the turning point, the turning point. We'll not reread again, but just to see what is happening here uh, with David and his men, uh, Akish, where David ran to, to find refuge. Saul is in trouble because the Philistines are coming upon him and there is really no one to come for the rescue. The people he could have depended on, he's killed some of them. Um, some of them have naturally died. And David and his men are out of the country. They are far away from him. So he is left alone, basically. So the Bible tells us here in chapter 28, now it happened in those days that the Philistines gathered their armies together for war to fight with Israel. And Achish said to David, you assuredly know that you will go out with me to battle, you and your men. So David said to Achish, surely you know that your servant, what your servant can do. And Achish said to David, therefore I will make you one of my chief guardians forever. Now Samuel had died. And all Israel had lamented for him and buried him in Ramah, in his own city. And Saul had put the mediums and the spiritists out of the land. So we see here already that they are planning, these Philistines, to go and attack the children of Israel. 
And they know for sure, or this king knows and his people knows, that David is amongst the people. He's an Israelite who reigned for refuge. And he's trying to figure out if David is ready to go and fight his own people. He's trying to look into ways on how to ask him to go in battle with him. They know him when he was a teenager. He killed one of their heroes. And this song was a hit song in Israel and uh, the land of the Philistines for years. And they still remember this song until this time. And so this king say, hey, surely you're going to go with me. And David, you'll realize that he's not giving a very straight answer to this man. David said to Akish, surely you know what your servant can do. I mean, how does that answer this question? Surely you'll go down with me to battle. You'll go and kill your own people for me. And David's like, well, I don't know if I will kill them or not kill them, but you know what I'm able to do. <laughs> In other words, figure it out by yourself. You know what I'm able to do. And at this time, um, Samuel had died already, and the children of Israel had buried him and mourned him greatly. Then the Philistine gathered together and came and encamped at Shunem. So Saul gathered all his, gathered all Israel together, and they encamped at Gibor. When Saul saw the army of the Philistine, he was afraid and his heart trembled greatly. And when Saul inquired of the Lord, the Lord did not answer him either by dream, by Urim, or by the prophets. These are basically the means by which he has, as a person, as a king, to inquire of the Lord if they are to engage or if they are to go to any battle. But look what is, happen what is happening here is that the, he's inquired of the Lord. But no dream has come yet. The Lord is silent. And it tells us here again, this Urim, you remember the Urim? The, this, the ephod or the robe that the priest had, had two pockets. One was for the, the other one was for Urim and Thummim. It was like this dice. They would use this to perceive the will of God. God in his own wisdom allowed that to happen. So the priest, always they would do that. God would speak to them with these things anyways. I don't know how, but God did. But yet the Bible is telling us here, now there's no one to use this 
because they are unavailable. You remember what happened? The reason why these priests are unavailable? Saul killed all of them. He killed them. When he was angry that David went to the priest and the priest gave him food and spoke well so that he would uh, uh, get away from Saul, Saul called all their family members. Only one escaped. And the one that escaped is with David. So there's no priest here that he can go and consult. And lastly, there's no prophet. The prophet, Samuel, is dead already. So who are you going to consult? (laughs) There there are no prophets. There are no priests. There's there's no one in church, basically. (laughs) And he is troubled because he has inquired of the Lord, and there's no answer. And you're wondering, he's, he's actually inquiring of the Lord because he's afraid, not because wholeheartedly he wants to seek the Lord. That is not his intention. He doesn't want to seek the Lord so that the Lord will walk with him. He's trying to inquire of the Lord because he is in trouble. There's no one else to, to help him. Then Saul said to, the, to his servants, Find me a woman who is a medium, that I may go to her and inquire of her. And his servants said to him, In fact, there is a woman who is a medium at Indom. This was a town not far away from Saul was, about 16 kilometers. And now you see what is happening is Saul is trying to go back to the witchcrafts, to the mediums, people who are going to divine things, to say things, to speak into the future, and to try to help him figure out how he's going to solve the big problem that is before him. And as we are going to see here, it is the same man who actually kicked all these mediums out of the land because it was not acceptable. Let us read Exodus Exodus chapter 22, verses 18. This is what the Bible says. You shall not permit a sorcerer or a sorceress to leave. You shall not permit a sorceress to live. Do not. If any of these people are found in the land, what are you supposed to do? 
to kill them. Make sure they do not exist. And this law was engraved into them. They knew too well what the commandments of the Lord were. That is why actually they were driven out of the land. But see what is happening that even his servants, Saul's servants, know that these people are not supposed to be in the land, but they know where one is hiding. Leviticus 20, verses 6. And the Bible says, And the person who turns to mediums and familiar spirit to prostitute himself with them, I will set my face against that person and cut him off from his people. Now, see what is happening? It's God is saying, not just the person who is going to, cons- to, to, to divine these things, the spiritualist, whoever is going to consult them, what will I do? I will kill the person. So these people, they are not allowed to be in the land. And if anyone is found amongst the children of Israel who is going to consult them, I will cut this person from amongst the people. So, uyo mrogi na wewe, kifo imewaandama. None of you is supposed to leave. The Bible tells us. And this is what he's, he's doing. So, he's going to seek these people. Also, the, the, the Lord spoke through Isaiah the prophet in Isaiah 55, verses 6 through 9. This is what the Bible says. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way. And the righteous man, his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord, and he will have mercy on him. And to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thought than your thoughts. You see, the Lord also is telling us that we can seek him while he may be found because there are times that you will try to do that and you won't hear a voice. You won't see anything happening. And that is the situation where we are finding this man called Saul. He's done, he's done everything that the Lord said he should not. And what he's supposed to do, because the Bible tells us that if you seek, if you turn away from your wickedness and you return to the Lord, he will have mercy upon you. 
But Saul is not seeking the Lord for forgiveness. Saul looked upon things around him and he took the matters upon his hand and he decided to go to this woman. Saul inquired of the Lord, and there was no answer. And now he resolved to find a woman who is a medium, so that he would know what is happening. So the Bible tells us here, so Saul disguised himself and put on other clothes, and he went and two men with him, and they came to the woman by night. And he said, please conduct a scenes for me and bring up for me the one I shall name to you. At this time, this woman still doesn't know who Saul is because he's disguised himself. But he wants to know something. Then the woman said to him, look. You know that Saul has, what Saul has done. How he has cut off the mediums and the spiritists from the land. Why then do you lay a snare for my life to cause me to die? Even the wicked people know that they are supposed to do what? To die, they know they're not supposed to leave. They don't belong there. And Saul himself did cut them off because it was a command from the Lord. The Lord had commanded that things to be thrown down. <laughs> if you don't throw them, you're in trouble. And Saul saw to her by the Lord saying, as the Lord lives, no punishment shall come upon you for this thing. <laughs> now, who is wise here? Is it the medium or Saul? Saul is supposed to be the sober one, right? He's supposed to be the one thinking straight. And this woman says, we are not supposed to leave, even Saul, the king, knows. All the other people, all my workmates, <laughs> all my comrades, they are all dead. I'm the one alive. And Saul, being very foolish, not thinking straight, swearing by the Lord, saying, surely, <laughs> oh, as the Lord leaves, no punishment. They're not supposed to be punished, by the way. They're supposed to be killed. Saul is trying to go easy on her so that perhaps he will find something, information, what he's looking for. Then the woman said, Whom shall I bring up for you? And he said, Bring up Samuel for me.
Now, this is, this is a tough um, assignment for this woman and even for us here to think about. This is that part of the scripture that you want to skip very quickly <laughs> and go to the next because the things that are about to happen here. I think there's maybe a period of time, maybe some hours between verses 11 and 12. They bring up for me Samuel. When the woman saw Samuel, she cried out loud with a loud voice, and the woman spoke to Saul, saying, Why have you deceived me? For you are Saul. Honestly, I do not know how it happened, what happened. This woman has done this kind of stuff for years. <laughs> this is her job. She's not supposed to be scared of anything. Like, have you seen? Well, none of you have gone to this juju people. <laughs> they throw things on the floor and they, they, they wear funny clothes to intimidate people and they have a slaughtered chicken that has died and things that are just scary. Sometimes I think, you know, someone will just walk there and take these things and <laughs> if it was a fresh chicken, go roast it, eat it, and go back again. They <laughs> say, what's up? This woman saw someone and she was utterly afraid. And then she cried out knowing that her life is going to end. Why? Because Saul is the one who killed the others. And she now knows that this is Saul. I don't know why she missed it at first, because Saul was a bigger man. His face was very familiar to the Israelites, including this woman. I don't know how she missed the opportunity to know him earlier. But she saw who? Samuel, and cried out with a loud voice. And the woman spoke to Saul, saying, Why have you deceived me? For you are Saul. And the king said to her, Do not be afraid. What did you see? According to the response of this woman, it was scary. And Saul is now trying to figure out what she saw. The woman said to Saul, I saw a spirit ascending out of the earth. So he said to her, What is this form? And she said, An old man. An old man is coming up and is covered 
with a mantle. And Saul perceived that it was Samuel, and he stooped with his face to the ground and bowed down. Now, there's a lot of things that are happening with this part of the Scripture that I may not understand fully. I pray that you go back home, <laughs> read it, and ask the Lord to also help you to understand. Because look at what is happening. Those, the, the people, the spiritualists and the mediums, you go back in, in times in, in Exodus and Leviticus, the Lord did not allow this practice to happen. The necromancers, the people who would go back and speak to the dead, this practice was not allowed amongst the people of God. And the, here the question is, why is it happening? Is Samuel really back to life? Is this woman speaking to the dead? Because what, he's see, what she's seeing here is unusual. She was afraid to. This was her job to always look into things, dreams and all that kind of stuff. And at this particular time, this woman is totally scared. And if... We go back and, you know, try to study the writings, the Hebrew writings. When she's saying she saw a spirit. A lot of many scholars and commentators would say she saw Elohim. She saw the creator. She saw the mighty God, not any other God, because in the conversation, um, it, if it was another God, then, you know, we wouldn't hear Samuel responding to some of the things that are being talked about here. And the big question that we are all asking is why is God allowing this to happen Yet, it is a practice that was abolished. Why is God even allowing this woman to see things? <laughs> it is amazing what God can do because he's God. <laughs> Every other person that would have revealed the will of God to Saul is gone. And he runs to a spiritualist to go and find out the will of God. And to our amazement, God is going to speak to him. Not because he is allowing this to happen, but because God is affirming what he spoke before. And he's going to tell him what must happen. And because it must happen, then we are going to see that it was the will of God. 
when people compromise or when people are compromised, they go ahead and do the things they abolished before. And then they try to cooperate with the enemy. They try to cooperate with the devil. This woman, she saw an old man with a mantle. <laughs> and when she just said these words, an old man with a mantle, Saul perceived. He did actually know, but in a way, God also helped him to know it right. That this was Samuel that the woman saw. And now Samuel said to Saul, now there's a conversation. That means whatever she saw was right. Say to Saul, why have you disturbed me by bringing me up? <laughs> like, hey, I, I, I'm, I'm done living on earth. There's a lot of trouble, and especially with you. <laughs> With you, it was always trouble, always trouble, always trouble. You don't pay attention to God. You don't listen. Why are you bringing me up? You don't want to let me go in peace. That is why I'm telling us this subject, people have used it wrongly. To just say, well, you, you guys have gone to the uh, funerals. And people are saying that the, the, the deceased is watching over us. He's, he's looking. Look. look the, you, you're born again. You have died. And you are in the presence of the almighty God. Enjoying the presence of the, of, of the Lord. What business do you have in a funeral? <laughs> Why do you want to go back there? He's watching over us. No, he's not. That is not their job, and they don't have the liberty and the authority to watch over. <laughs> Saul is saying, hey, why troubling me? I went peacefully. You're still calling. You're still calling me. You're still wanting trouble. And for sure, what the unexpected is going to happen. Why are you disturbing me by bringing me up? And Saul answered, I am deeply distressed for the Philistines make war against me. And God has departed from me and does not answer me anymore, neither by prophets nor by dreams. Therefore, I have called you that you may reveal to me what I should do. To see, this man is not really in his right mind. He's not calling on God to help him. He's calling on a dead man to try to help him. And this, you guys might think that Saul is just out of his mind. 
We see this daily when people die. People will cry and say, hey, you know, they, they wished these people would talk back and say something and get them out of trouble. When they're born again, they are peacefully resting and we shall see them at the end of time. When they're not born again, how are they going to help you in life? You'd rather seek who? Seek the Lord because he knows. He said there's no one to reveal what must happen or what I should do. Then Samuel said, so why do you ask me? <laughs> so, so why do you ask me? In other words, hey, you, you, if you know you're in trouble, you better go to God. Why do you ask me? Seeing that the Lord has departed from you, and you have become, so seeing that the Lord has departed from you and has become your enemy, and the Lord has done for himself as he spoke by me. For the Lord has torn the kingdom out of your hand and given it to your neighbor, David. You remember when we started chapter 15 there? The Lord had told him what? That because you have done this, you, you didn't pay attention, this kingdom has been taken away from you and it has been given to your neighbor. That very moment he didn't say, David, but right now, because... He's not alive. He's not afraid of Saul, that Saul will try to slew him. He's saying, this kingdom has been given to your neighbor, even David. So either, either way, you're not the king. David is the king. The Lord has taken this. That is why you don't hear the, the, the voice of the Lord, because you did not obey the voice of the Lord, nor execute his fire's wrath upon Amalek. Therefore the Lord has done this thing to you this day. Moreover, the Lord will also deliver Israel with you into the hands of the Philistines. And tomorrow... You and your sons will be with me. In other words, in the lands of the not living. <laughs> you will not have breath. The Lord will also deliver the army of Israel into the hands of the Philistine. Immediately, Saul fell full length on the ground and was dreadfully afraid because of the words of Samuel. And there was no more strength in him, for he had eaten no food all day or the night. And the woman came to Saul and saw that he was severely troubled and said to him, Look, your maidservant has obeyed your voice 
and I have put my life in my hands and heeded the words which you spoke to me. Now therefore, please heed also the voice of your maidservant and let me set a piece of bread before you and eat that you may have strength when you go on your way. But he refused and said, I will not eat. So his servant, together with the woman, eyed him, and he heeded their voice. Then he arose from the ground and sat on the bed. Whose bed? This witch's bed. <laughs> now the woman who had um, a fatted calf in the house, and she hastened to kill it, and she took flour and kneaded it and baked unleavened bread from it. So she brought it before Saul and his servants. They did and they ate. Then they arose and went away that night. Saul, while he was going to this woman, he did not expect what just happened. He did not expect this. Maybe he thought the Lord would be merciful to him for whatever reason. But his heart was not really on seeking the Lord. He was just afraid. He said, these people, they are coming against me. And do you know what? This thing that you're always afraid of, they will befall you. They will come upon you. You know what Job said? Job said that the things I feared most, they have befallen me. They did come upon me greatly. Then the Philistine gathered together all their armies at Aphek, and the Israelites encamped by a fountain which is in Jezreel. And the Lord of the Philistine passed in review by hundreds and by thousands, but David and his men passed in review at the rear with Achish. Then the princes of the Philistine said, what are these Hebrews doing here? And Akish said to the princes of the Philistine, Is this not David, the servant of Saul, king of Israel, who has been with me these days or these years? Actually, it was not a long time. It was just one year and six months. And to this day I have found no fault in him since he defected to me. <laughs> but the princes of the Philistines were angry with him. So the princes of the Philistines say to him, Make this fellow return, that he may go back to the place which you have appointed for him. And do not let him go down with us 
to battle. Lest in the battle he become our adversary. For with what could he reconcile himself to his master, if not with the heads of this man? <laughs> These men are afraid of David. He doesn't have a lot of people with him. They don't have a lot of equipment as compared to the, uh, the Philistine. But these guys know who David is. In fact, they, they, they are reciting this song in verses 5, saying, Is this not David of whom they sang to one another in dance and saying, Saul has slain his thousand and David his ten thousand? Is this not the same guy? This guy, one man, he is a mighty army on his own. Why do you set this man to go in battle with us? You know what they were afraid of? That looking ahead, they would see the army of Israel coming. In the middle is the Philistines. And behind them is David and these Hebrew men. What do you think is going through their minds? <laughs> that because he was on the run, the only one way that David has to reconcile to his master is to bring our heads to the king. This is a trap and we do not like it. Then Achish called David and said to him, Surely as the Lord lives, which Lord is he talking about? <laughs> you have been upright. So is the wicked man, the enemy, is saying to David that you have been upright. <laughs> the enemy of God know where the believer should be. Or should have been. They know that you don't belong here. You belong to that camp. They know how you ought to conduct yourself because you belong to God. Yet this man, because David acted all the time that David would be in the presence of the enemies of God, David acted funny, right? You remember the first time he, he was caught, he behaved as if he was, <laughs> he was paralyzed. And, you know, saliva coming out of his mouth. And he put up a show that none of us can pull. <laughs> and they believed him. And they say, why bring to me a madman? David has, he is mastering the art of deception. Deceiving people, deceiving, especially his enemy. He's, in his mind, he thinks he's deceiving God. But you cannot do that. This man saying, you have been upright. So what is his de definition of uprightness? Because that is not the definition we would see of a man who is upright, who is walking with the Lord. A man who is upright does not mix up things. 
Things of the flesh are of the flesh and you run away from them. And you see the Bible has listed them in Galatians chapter 5. And these are the works of the flesh. You cannot drink alcohol uprightly. <laughs> you, you, you cannot be a sober drug abuser. <laughs> you cannot be. It can't work like that. You've been upright. You're going out and you're coming in with me in the army is good in my sight. Which means this guy does not think straight. It, whatever David did is only good in the sight of this man Akish. And I have not found evil in you since the day of your coming to me. Nevertheless, the lords do not find favor with you, or they do not favor you. So, you must go home. Therefore, return now and go in peace, that you may do, that you may not displease the lords of the Philistines. Sorry. So, David said to Achish, but what have I done? In other words, he, he's, he's not being honest with things. He's like, but Nimedu, <laughs> what, what have I done to deserve all this? I mean, you've seen me. I've been good in your sight. You did not find evil with me. Man, what have I done? What have I done to deserve all this? And to this day, what have you found in your servant, as long as I have been with you, that I may not go and fight against the enemies of my Lord, the King. Wow. Now the children of Israel, his own people, they are, the, actually they are the enemies of the Lord, his Lord, with Akish. <laughs> but these are not the enemies of David. Why do you want to go and fight your own brothers? Because the enemy is fighting them. Listen. If you dwell in the camp or in the enemy's camp, he will praise you for being there while you know that you're not supposed to be there or to have any fellowship with him. You're dwelling with the enemy, he's praising you for being there. The enemy is happy with you being there. The enemy is happy with you going back to your old lifestyle. And actually, he will praise you for that. In fact, he will encourage you to do more. On a lamp glass, more than a gambia, your glass more than two. Go to three. Awake a crate more. Mumunya polypoly. He will keep on encouraging you to do evil in the sight of God. 
because that is what they do. Then Akish answered and said to David, I know that you are as good in my sight as an angel of who? God. <laughs> as an angel of God. This is the same David who has run away from God. He's fellowshipping with the enemies of God. He's killed people and send a message to Akish that he is not the enemy of the Philistines. He's the enemy of Judah and Israel. And he's being praised and called an angel. People are being rogue and you're calling them nice names or just pampering people. If something is evil, you call it out by name. Don't sugarcoat. You know, you, you can take this thing, what do we call it? The icing. Icing. Do you know you can take a stone and put icing on it and it will appear so nice, right? And draw, happy birthday. <laughs> Whatever it is. And then unanza kulamba hapa juu hapa chini. Mambo ni ngumu, mambo yendi. Whatever you will do to that stone, it cannot turn to be what? To be a cake. We, we sugarcoat things. You find people in sin, and we just want to call them sweet and nice names. And sometimes you know that you're in sin. Someone is trying to pamper you, and instead of thinking, man, what I just did was not right. And you're telling me that, you know, it's, it's, it's no problem. It's all good. The angel of the Lord, the angel of God. Nevertheless, the princes of the Philistines have said, he shall not go up with us to the battle. Now, therefore, rise early in the morning with your master's servants who have come with you. And as soon as you are up early in the morning and have light, depart. So David and his men arose early and to depart in the morning and to return to the land of the Philistine. And the Philistine went up to Jezreel. So they went back to where? Where the king had given them a place to dwell. Now it happened when David and his men had come to Ziglag on the third day. So these men traveled for the th three days. That the Amalekites had invaded the south and Ziglag and attacked Ziglag and burned it with fire. Wow. Now, if we can trace 
this story, you remember when Saul was told by God through the prophet someone to utterly destroy that king. You remember the, the name of the king, Gog or Gog. Do not leave anything breathing. You remember what he did? He spared the king and the fat animals. He said, well, we'll use these ones to sacrifice to the Lord. And because he spared these people and the animals, God was so furious. God said, I, I, I take no pleasure in burnt offering rather than the heart of men. Why have you done this? And you trace back and come to this is the place where things were supposed to be utterly destroyed and they were not utterly destroyed and they have recamped and came back and destroyed the place where David was. And the good news is they did not kill people. They only burnt down uh, Ziglag with fire and had taken captives the women and those who were with those who were there from this from small to great they did not kill anyone but carried them away and went their way so David and his men came to the city and there it was burned with fire and their wives their sons and their daughters had been, had been taken captive. Then David and the people who were with him lifted up their voices and wept until they had no more power to weep. Wow. I don't know if you guys have wept that much. <laughs> Probably none of us have wept that much. You have cried until you do not know how to cry no more. <laughs> Maybe the other person who we can say, you know, cried until there was no voice left in her was Hannah. When she was weeping and even Eli thought this woman was drunk. She cried until there was no words coming out of her lips. David and men cried. You, you guys have not heard men lifting their voices crying, right? <laughs> this was a loud cry until there was no cry, until they're just opening their mouths and nothing is coming out. Their strength is all gone. I mean, how, how do you explain you remember, these were the men that came to David where they were weak. The men who were discouraged. They, they ran from Saul and David was their master. Now David is leading them and this is now David's fault. <laughs> and all they are thinking, we ran away from Saul came with David, 
And everything we had, our wives, our children, everything is gone. All they are thinking right now is murder. <laughs> David and David's wives. <laughs> this is, I mean, it's, it's always mentioned very loudly. <laughs> David and his people. David and his two wives. They were taken captive. Now David was greatly distressed. For the people spoke of stoning him because the soul of all the people was grieved, every man for his sons and his daughters. But David strengthened himself in the Lord. Now, this place that they were, these were fortified cities that they dwelt in. They thought maybe when we go, you know, our sons here will protect our wives and our daughters and things will be safe. But even the fortified cities were burned down. In other words, if the Lord isn't in it, it is not safe. It doesn't matter where it is. It doesn't matter what it is. If the Lord is not in it, it is not safe. Whether it's a job, whether it's a relationship, whatever things you're pursuing, if the Lord is not in it, it is not safe for you. The question is, are you sensitive enough to know that the Lord is not in it? And this is the reason why I titled this the turning point. Because now, as opposed to Saul, when he's weary, when he's tired, he's trying to find the medium and the spiritualist David has come back, everything is gone, he's gone back home to his people, no one is there, and the men, and these, these are men of war, they can easily kill him if they wanted to. All they are thinking is they want to stone him, they want to kill him, as the Bible is telling us. But there's a turning point in this verse. The Bible says, and David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. This is the same David who reigned for years. We know many times the Lord protected him. And the last straw was when he ran away from his own people and went into the enemy's camp. There the Lord was not with him. But the Lord's hand was still hovering around and calling upon this man, David. He 
You see, your turning away from Lord will not only affect you and your family, it will affect everybody around you. Because he turned away from the Lord, these people are in pain too because David did not follow the Lord at the time. But you see right now, when David remembered the Lord, David strengthened himself in the Lord. He did not go to find strength in the gods of the Philistine. This is the difference. When Saul is distressed and out of strength, he's going to the witches, the spiritualists, to find solution. When David is in distress, he's finding the Lord his God. What a wonderful man. <laughs> you know, you would have thought, this, we, this is... A lot of years, David running in and out. He's been in the enemy's camp. You would think maybe the Lord will not hear him. Maybe the Lord is not with him. Maybe the Lord is not even concerned with the life of David anymore. But remember what we just read from Samuel. He said, this kingdom has been given to your neighbor. Who is your neighbor? It's David. And this David, the Bible is telling us here, that he strengthened himself in the Lord. Friends, in your distress, in your times when everyone else is gone and everything, even the people around you who were supposed to encourage you, they're discouraged, they want to stone you. Do you know where you find your strength? In the Lord. Find your strength in the Lord. David strengthened himself in the Lord, his God. He knew that, and this is, when you read the Psalms, David says, I'd rather fall in the hands of God rather than in the hands of the enemy. For there is mercy and forgiveness in the hands of God. In the hands of the enemies, there is no mercy at all. There is no mercy. And then David said to Abiathar, the priest, this is the one person who fled when Saul was killing all the priests. Now you see when Saul was trying to, you know, find solution, if he didn't kill the priest, maybe the Lord would have spoken to him. One fled, and he was with David. This is Abiathar, the priest, Ahimelech's son. Say, please, please bring the ephod here to me. And Abiathar brought the ephod to David. So David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I pursue this troop? Shall I overtake them? And he answered him, Pursue, for you shall surely overtake them and 
without fail, recover all. What a good news from the Lord. <laughs> when David inquired of the Lord, he didn't say, Excuse me, David. I thought you left. Excuse me, David. Where have you been? I mean, do I know you? Who are you to, to say these words? Who are you to inquire of me? I mean, do we have a relationship with you? Think about it. He's gone for some time without having a good relationship with the Lord. Without, you know, going to church for a whole year or two years and he's coming back and we think maybe the Lord will not accept them. You're not God. Many people have run away from the Lord. And when they come back, God is not trying to remind them of how they failed. God is not trying to heap condemnation upon them, telling David, hey, you know, the, 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 where you are, you know the kings that, that, that you have fellowship with. These people are the enemies of Israel. They are my enemy. Anyone who is the enemy of Israel is my enemy. And you did join them. I mean, the Lord did not open this book, <laughs> this book of records. God reminded us in the book of Isaiah that we just read that his thoughts are not our thoughts. His ways are not our ways. And you know what he said? He said, seek the Lord while he may be found. And that is what David did. He sought the Lord, and the Lord was found, and actually the Lord responded back to the quest of David. The Lord did not say, hey, I have no business with you. You have been running around. The Lord gave him an assurance. I'm thinking about it. If, if the Lord had said, hey, just forget about it, David would have just chilled. Why? Because the Lord has said so. You don't pursue everything because you're angry. You pursue things because the Lord has said you do so. If you say you pursue, go ahead. And it doesn't matter what it is. If it's a relationship, because that is a big problem with us. If it's a career, because it's a big deal with us. Those two things. If the Lord says yes, please go. If the Lord says no, please don't. Don't force your way. If you force your way, you'll find yourself in the enemy's camp. Saul tried to inquire of, of the Lord. He didn't hear a voice. He went to the enemy's camp. Sometimes when we, de we, when we don't hear responses from God, we normally say, Pengine ajanini. Pengine amesema, wait. <laughs> the Lord has said, wait. Or maybe he said no because I don't like it that much. Or maybe he said yes, mimi ndiyo siku skiza. 
We'll we'll try to find reasons to encourage ourselves in these things while the Lord is not responding. Please, if the Lord does not, don't force your way into all these things. You see, Saul fell out of grace and drove deep away from God, while David also fell from grace and sought God, and he was found. God was found. David was at the edge, and God was found. Saul was at the edge. All that happened went to the extreme. Because he was not seeking the Lord. The Lord said, go. And you will recover all. And you know when God says you will recover all, he means it. (laughs) You will recover everything. You know what people will try to tell you? Oh, (laughs) you won't recover things. Oh, this has happened. Oh, this, oh, this. No. God is never late nor early. He comes just at the right time. So David went, he and the 600 men who were with him, and came to the brook Besor, where those stayed were left behind. But David pursued he and 400 men, for 200 stayed behind, who were so weary that they could not cross the brook Besor. This man, you remember, they, they lamented, they cried out. And 200 of them, honestly, walilemewa. Legs are not moving. Things are tough on them. And we'll pick it up from there next week. But you see, the Lord has given them a go-ahead to go and pursue and to recover things. The Lord does not need a multitude to recover things or to fight armies. In fact, the more they become even less, the more the glory will be given to God because it was just a few people fighting great armies that would tell you that it was God fighting for these people. He fights the battles and he gives us victory. Victory belongs to him. And so what he wants us to do is if he's given us victory, walk in that victory. If he's forgiven you, walk in that forgiveness. Do you think uh, David was going ahead con- trying to figure out, like, is this a trap? Is God setting a trap on us so that we can go and kill us over there? No, that is not what God is doing. If God has said you go, you go. And this was a turning point in David's life. 
you'll find David reciting in the Psalms, in the songs that he wrote, that God was so merciful to him. When the enemies was, you know, the enemy came like a flood, God raised him up. You know, and when the foundations are all broken, where are we going to run to if we're not going to run to the Lord? Friends, in, 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 you know, situations that comes in our lives, we'll find ourselves, or even the people we know, who have drifted from the Lord. No one is beyond repair. <laughs> the Lord can come that, at that age when you think everything is gone. Put yourself in the shoes of David. He's come back home. The city is the, the city's burned down and all your people are gone. And the people are, uh, with you they want to kill you. All is left is the Lord. Sometimes the Lord will cause situation that will drive us to the edge so that we can call upon him. So that we can say, God, there's no one else to encourage me. If I don't find it in you, I'm done. If I don't find encouragement in you, I am done. If, it, if that is you, find strength in the Lord. And even tonight, go and just seek the Lord. He can be found and is ready to receive you. It doesn't matter what you did as long as you're coming out clean and not hiding, hiding stuff. Let us pray. God, we thank you for your word. We thank you for... A wonderful story that we read, the old story of David, your servant. Even after David, all the other kings who came, we see you, God, speaking to them and exhorting them to be like David. He was a man after your own heart, not because he was a perfect man, but because he would always run back to you when he was in sin. I pray that we will not entertain our sins. I pray that we will not go and seek uh, strength from spiritualists and other sources that will find our strength and solace in you and in you alone. I pray that you will find us, Lord, in this state where many of us are discouraged, many are perhaps thinking if you at all can forgive them. I pray that we'll find forgiveness in you, O oh God. As we disperse in fellowship, we ask that you be with us this evening. In Jesus' name, amen.